0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage, <laughs> Captain Jean Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Commander Benjamin Sisko, the Federation Starbase Deep Space Nine. Welcome to the greatest generation, Deep Space Nine. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison.
1: I'm Adam Franica.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, we're doing it on camera today. And your, uh, your take to camera with that read, really delightful.
1: You and I have been QAing the Greatest Gen Con 2 Star Trek 3 episode ahead of when we drop it into the support feed. Yeah, it and may you...
0: already be out by the time this episode comes out. I hope out. so. That'd be if, good. if you support us on a monthly basis at MaximumFun.org, keep your eyes peeled for that.
1: And uh, and what I heard, Ben, <laughs> was a couple of happy guys. Yeah, A couple of happy guys happy to be doing a show. I'm not saying that we haven't been happy to do the show lately, but I heard something in my own voice during the live show that shocked me. Yeah. Just... I, I it's hard to even describe.
0: You had a joie de vivre that has, for some reason, gone away to a large extent in 2020.
1: Yeah, it's taken a year to remove whatever that sound was, <laughs> and now I want to get it back. I want to get yeah. it back big time, starting with my introduction on the show today.
0: I think we recorded that um like mid January yeah. in 2020, and had no idea the fucking freight train of misery that was bearing down on the world at that moment it felt good to hear yeah. that version of us yeah you said something recently that i've been thinking a lot about which is that uh when we no. do a live show <laughs> yeah it was just it was just the word no and i just I every time i close my eyes i have adam pranica's face in my in my mind's eye saying no
1: that's that's why you haven't been able to get up over the top uh, <laughs> in a long time
0: yeah uh, no but um like there's something really invigorating about being about to go out on stage for one of our live shows and that's a word for it and you suggested like just trying to be mindful about bringing that to our regular records and I, I really like that idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're not going to share the, the trade secrets of a Greatest Gen live show, but there's a thing that we do before we go out on stage, like in those moments, the final yeah. seconds even, before right. we go out there to get each other pumped up. And
0: uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if this is coming across like one of those Domino's pizza commercials where they're like, our pizza has been bad for a long time. <laughs> and now we're
1: <laughs> And we've known it for quite a while. And it's only now that we've decided to do something about it Taste the difference in the final eight episodes of the greatest generation deep space nine
0: (laughs) Maybe we should hold off on any like tweaks to our behind-the-scenes work until we get to Voyager should should that be the plan?
1: (laughs) I'm not making any promises
0: at all Mm. you get Nothing! Hey, bit of business while we're here, just Mm -hmm. because it popped into my head. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have both made a commitment to stopping checking our Drunk Shimoda at gmail.com inbox so much because it was kind of getting to be a drag and it's nobody's fault. It's like, nobody should feel bad about this. But are you
1: proposing that we delete all the emails from that (laughs) email box right now? (laughs) No, I'm just saying
0: for context, like one shitty email in 250 where the rest are hey can i get the po box or your show really means a ton to me here's why that one shitty email like completely throws it off and makes it nightmarish to go into because it always feels a bit like a landmine so we have both kind of backed away from checking that as much uh but that left us with a bit of a problem which is how if people have something they would like to send us, do they do that? How do how do you get your hands on the PO box?
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: came up with a solution. Slide into those DMs, baby. Bill Tilly
1: Bill, Bill,
0: is taking over the duty of handing out the PO box address at the greatest Trek social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram.
1: So let me get this straight. Uh, you <laughs> you mentioned you described quite. Eloquently, the idea of a of a message landmine existing Mm -hmm. in a group of positive messages that was that that would be sufficient enough to ruin a day, and uh, and what you've done now is you've thrown Bill Tilly onto the landmine. How dare you him to the wolves? Uh, No, I I think that uh,
0: while Bill is getting hazard pay first and foremost, but also. uh, I think it's actually kind of fun because this way we can, he can kind of screen what people would like to send a little bit and make sure that it's like, like I told him like we have so many trading cards and collectible card game cards and all other kinds of cards. We never need another shipment of cards. Like we appreciate all the ones we've gotten, but we don't need any more. So, so we could
1: just screen out the cards from here on in. I'll take your, uh, your, Argyle cards. Take those. <laughs> yeah. The, the bubble lives. By yeah. The
0: way Biff Jaeger trading card. The only thing harder to get than a PlayStation Five at the moment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> An angle to this that I'm just now considering is that, like, I think uh, I think Bill is inoculated from the landmine because whatever messages he gets aren't going to be at him. Right. Like, like the way they they frequently were at us. You know. So. Right. So sliding into those sweet sweet DMs, that's gonna be yeah. a that's gonna be a soft pillow. It's a nice Bill soft Tilly.
0: pillow. Bill Tilly, one of the greats. We really appreciate everything he does for those social media accounts.
1: Yeah, yeah. No mines for Bill.
0: <laughs> if you send Bill Tilly a landmine, God help you.
1: Yeah, you're uh, you're pretty much dead to me, if that were to happen, and uh, and that is a forever state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No coming back from that,
0: Adam. Uh, But do you want to see if there's any coming back from being imprisoned by the Breen?
1: I don't like the chances of that, but it's a guarantee that we're about to do an episode about it. (laughs) Ben, it's Deep Space Nine, Season 7, Episode 18, Till Death Do Us Part, Part 2. Kind of an awkward title when you have uh, parts on either side of the colon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people have been having fun with putting a colon between the parts for uh, for a long, long time. I would, <laughs> I would suggest that we get back to that.
0: Yeah, use a bidet before you do it, but uh, it could it could be a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Do you realize how incredible this is? <laughs> no,
0: of course you don't. The Cisco boys are debating what to do about this the prophets don't want Ben to marry Cassidy situation.
1: I don't see why it's any of their business.
0: And not talking about the insane candles on Ben Zisco's desk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that part.
0: That's a that's an amount of avoidance that I just could not wrap my head around. What is the deal with those candles?
1: Hey guys, it's me, Drew, and I'm here to do a Yankee candle haul.
0: They're so prominently in the frame so many times in this in this opening sequence. They look zeppelin
1: like. They're just really big. Yeah,
0: they are massive honkers.
1: and they're candy colored too. The colors of them do not seem in keeping with the the beige type of look that most things Bajoran in. Uh, tend to look like.
0: Yeah. They've got Bajoran comm badges embedded in them. Is this a wedding present? Do you think that's what this is?
1: They're never going to quit the ceremony if their com badges are, are glued to them, right? <laughs> well,
0: they uh, they light them on fire, but then they get beamed out in the nick of time. Right? right.
1: I like that Captain Sisko can talk to, for some reason, Jake about matters like these. Like, I, uh, I know next to nothing about my dad's inner life. Uh, he wouldn't tell me anything if I asked and I see a scene like this and I'm like wow good for them like this is heavy shit that they're having to discuss yeah
0: my dad's opened up to me once or twice and uh, I didn't know what to do about it so I just left the room <laughs> yeah you take your combat off at that point yeah <laughs> I resigned my commission in the Harrison family you cannot resign
1: there's an argument about semantics here, though, because Captain Cisco's is like, uh, the prophets told me some things about uh, who may be your stepmom, but they didn't exactly tell me.
0: She not. who is my second wife.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and for some reason, Jake's like, well, did they tell you not to marry her? And Captain Sisko's like, not exactly. And Jake they is didn't like, tell
0: me to marry her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, where did the, where does that exactly leave them? Uh, just that it's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of bad ideas, Adam, Sisko hosts Kai Wynn in his office. And she's kinda here to remind Ben Sisko that dumping Cassidy is not just going to be breaking off a wedding. It's going to be huge planetary news that will upset billions of Bajorans and and her personally because she wants to she wants to like usurp the the role of officiating this wedding too.
1: I'll talk to Vedic Town and I'm sure you'd be willing to step aside. This was some of the best Kai winning I've ever seen on the show. The yeah. the taking over of an event by Kai Win. It's never been done better than this.
0: Incredible. Flawless <laughs> execution <laughs>
1: After her argument, she like stands up and does like the Olympics uh, arms out thing to both both Captain Sisko and the judges. She sticks the landing. Perfect 10.
0: Even the Russian judge gives her high marks.
1: Yeah, really great work. (laughs) It's an amazing performance that makes you admire it, even though it is just being the worst. Kaiwen is the worst, always has been, but I can't help but just love the performance.
0: She walks out of a meeting that has some pretty uncomfortable overtones in terms of, you know, her basically assuring him that he's going to find the path that the prophets set and that whatever this big trial that they've been talking about coming up is, he's going to be able to handle it just fine. She walks out and is being offered uh, quarters by uh, Colonel Kira when she zips into what she interprets as a profit vision. May I show
1: you to your quarters? Well, thank you, my child. Oh, here are the coffee mugs. Yeah, it looks like she kind of skips a step on the way down into ops. And that sets this whole thing off. I like the crash zoom into her head. Yeah.
0: I don't think they've ever done that for a profit experience before. Yeah. Uh, this
1: this is what she's always wanted. She's always wanted a moment like this and she is like she's grabbing for boots to lick. <laughs> as soon as she's in this vision,
0: <laughs> she rips her don't tread on me flag in half. <laughs> Says, "Please daddy, tread on me."
1: Yeah, they're extolling her with this message. They're like, "Only you can bring the restoration." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll restore anything you want. Just point it out. <laughs> I'll be on <laughs> my way." I've got some
0: paint stripper. I've got some sandpaper. I will restore anything, woodwork. Yeah, you name it.
1: I just want brick.
0: She comes to. She's been. She's been tapped on the shoulder by the gods that she has wanted to talk to her entire life, and given an important job. This is going great for Kaiwin.
1: Yeah, she's starting a new company, the the Kaiwin Restorations. Incorporated. <laughs> and yet the music seems so ominous, why? Yeah, it's weird. Up the land, I don't understand. On the Breen ship, uh, Worf continues to scheme ways to escape. This is a quality that we've come to enjoy in many a war film on the hit podcast, Friendly Fire. The, the idea that it is your duty to both please that booty and escape from a prison in a mm-hmm. time of war and warf already pleased that booty back on the planet
0: that they got captured from so now right. it's all escape all the time and
1: Ezri is not
0: really into it
1: war face it you're very drunk we haven't been given a lot in terms of timeline but we do get a little bit of trivia here ben three days is yeah. how long they've been in this prison and every time we cut back to deep space nine I have been drumming my fingers like, well, certainly this will be the scene where Captain Sisko begins to care. Somebody
0: expresses
1: concern about the
0: absence of Ezri. I mean, they I think they assume Worf is dead, but they got to be wondering about Ezri, right?
1: So often I feel like we get the dialogue hint that's like, well, if so-and-so is gone for longer than 48 hours, we'll know to send a rescue mission. Uh for them but there's never been that suggestion here i'm not back in 10 minutes call the police one thing that is mentioned
0: in this scene is that uh their captors the breen uh they don't even know what they look like yeah which made me wonder why do the breen keep those helmets on on
1: their own ship this is the way
0: i guess so (laughs) i mean Over the course of the season, those Breen helmets are going to get shinier and shinier, right? Right,
1: yeah. It's getting easier and easier for them to talk, Uh, and it's not just because of all of the time they're spending together. It's easier to talk about Jadzia now that they've both been inside Esri. (laughs) (laughs) On Cardassia, uh, Damar's had a rough night, and I love the way they shoot Damar. In this scene yeah. and also every scene where he gets drunk, he's just getting worse and worse looking as time goes on, getting those city miles. He's nine months into pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so he's really let the alcohol
0: kind of take the front seat whenever he's not at work.
1: Oh, oh. I worked
0: late last night. He gets interrupted by Wei Yun, who comes in and is like, road trip! <laughs> and... Damar doesn't know what this road trip is about. Where are we going? Hey, you needn't concern yourself with that. He's a little upset that it's gonna interrupt some schemes he's got going with Dukat. And Weun's like, alright, you can you can have like one more scheme with Dukat, but then then we gotta go on this cool road trip.
1: This is the beginning of a pattern of behavior that uh that Wei-Yun demonstrates, which is uh not really telling Damar anything at all about anything <laughs> anymore. I mean like
0: DeMar, I don't think, has done like a terrible job at being the evil legate of Cardassia, it's just that he's like a twerp and i I think that it's just that change leader doesn't like what a twerp he is not that she thinks he's in like particularly ineffective or anything
1: it's not just that he's eaten plate after plate of their shit there seems to be a quality to the shit eating that yeah that is not appreciated by them.
0: Yeah, the fact that he brings up the fact that he doesn't particularly enjoy shit as he's shoveling it into his mouth. They're like, we can't have this.
1: Yeah, yeah, we need to bring in someone who seems to be enjoying it. <laughs> At <laughs> least bootlicking green.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, spoiler alert! We get a scene with Cassidy and yes, and Yisco. What
1: the, where did that come from? That's the uh, Us Magazine version of yeah. That's of <laughs> their when Yance
0: and Cisco get uh-huh. together. It's Yisco. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, "Honey, We Have to Talk" scene. Fuck. <laughs> and because, uh, because, like, I think in that first beat, she is away on a cargo run, and so Cisco is just alone at home with his thoughts beating him up, but. What he says is like, hey, listen, you know, my mom, who is a ghost and also maybe a time traveling super alien, uh, she (laughs) doesn't like that you're not the same religion as me and has sort of forbidden us from getting married. And I know that I'm my own man, but honestly, like shit could go really wrong in my family if I don't listen to my mom on this.
1: Well, That almost sounds like a threat. That's some weak tea, Cisco. I love how Penny Johnson plays this moment because she can't even be upset the way that it is so hard to be upset at someone who puts their religion ahead of your relationship. She just right. kind of puts the ring on the table, grabs her bag and walks out. It's not worth arguing with him about this. And I I kind of miss that this wasn't a conflict throughout. Like We get A little bit more of this conflict throughout the episode but we don't really know what cassidy's feelings are about the prophets or ben cisco's religion and we don't really get a clear picture of jake's feelings about it either other than they constantly put his dad's life in danger and that's a thing that makes him (laughs) uncomfortable you know i wish
0: cassidy had established friendships with other characters on the show she kinda seems like she's relegated to scenes with Cisco in them. Yeah. But if she was like homies with Bashir or somebody, like that she could like if if we'd gotten a scene of her sitting at the bar talking to somebody about what she's going through, that would have been great.
1: She fails the cadetel test. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
0: a thing? Is is that the the Klingon (laughs) version of the Bechdel test? Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Honey, we have to talk. You never like hearing that.
1: Because I know every time we need to talk, we need to talk about some shit that I got to do. Around the same time, Ducat has arrived on the station, and he is jazzed to be there. He looks great out of Cardassian loaf, by the way. I I just think uh, Mark Alamo cuts a great line like just as a normal looking bajoran guy on the station
0: yeah i wondered though like this is the butcher of bajor surgery to look like a bajoran but is he clark kenting it's a great
1: yeah that's tough man
0: like i kind of feel like bajorans would clock him and be like fuck man you look like the bajoran version of the worst guy in history Yeah, it's, uh, it's I don't want to insult you
1: dude, but the resemblance is uncanny and fucked up. It's what has made uh walking around with uh Christelia hair so troubling for me <laughs> over the past few months. <laughs> I don't yeah. like it.
0: With your face mask on, as far as anybody can tell, you might be Cl- Christelia. <laughs>
1: I feel like the episode is self-aware about this, and it and it weaponizes it because there are scenes later on where Kaiwin will look at him, and I'm like, oh, this is the moment where she finally gets it right. She sees Gul Dukat in his eyes, but that moment never comes.
0: Interesting leap of faith there, asking us to take. Yeah. But But uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We got to cut back to this Breen ship. is having Breen mares, and uh, she wants to talk about them, and Worf doesn't. Classic, uh, you know, the person that had the dream always wants to unpack it, and dreams are inherently uninteresting to the person that
1: didn't have them. I was so cold, I could barely breathe. It is over now. I don't know what's worse, Ben, being in a Breen prison, having your roommate experience loud nightmares, or having your roommate in a Breen prison wanting to tell you about their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Por que no last dos? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so Worf fashions a noose out of some bedsheets and, uh, <laughs> and does the only thing he can.
0: I mean, also feeling a bit threatened that this dream features Julian Bashir and not him. Right. So.
1: Esri has to flip over her bed linens uh, to the yeah. other side to, to hide just how tantalizing the dream was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's talking about, like, using her skills of a counselor to kind of analyze the symbolism in this dream. And one of the things she says is that, like, she's in a cave in in the dream. And she says maybe the cave symbolizes a womb. And I feel like if that is true, then we need to reanalyze, like, every third episode of Star Trek (laughs) that has ever been produced. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They kind of get interrupted by some Breen guards who come in with cattle prods and... Warf is like, oh, cool. Is it my birthday or something? And <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is is this a uh, Klingon holiday I'm unaware of?
0: <laughs> I uh, lost track of time in here. I
1: uh, What day is it, technically? <laughs> so do you want me to uh, disrobe or do you want to just uh, tear all my clothes off by uh, yourselves? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> How orthodox do you want to be about this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they stun him and, and drag him out of there. And uh, I think that's a fade to commercial.
1: It's a moment that's probably less painful than listening to Esri try to do therapy on her own dreams, though. So (laughs) (laughs) it's probably pretty grateful for this. The Kai is having a little prayer sesh
0: and uh, gets interrupted by by her assistant, Solbor, who is here to say that uh, she has a visitor. A man has requested an audience with her. Pretty easy to get an audience with the head of the planetary religion. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It's like showing up in the Vatican and being like, hey, um, if I could have five with the Pope, that would be awesome. And then be like, cool, we'll see what we can do.
1: I don't know, you're a little old for an appointment. <laughs> I love the uh, the set design of this scene, Kaiwin looks to be praying out loud in front of a Bajoran money wheel like you'd see in Vegas. Like The least popular table game at a Vegas casino is always that money wheel. I've never seen anyone play it.
0: She's been given a few fortune cookie-like signs to look for in somebody that's going to come and help her from her profit vision. And... Ducat is the guy that comes in and uh, obviously knows what all these signs are. So he kind of peppers into conversation little, little turns of phrase about him being a man of the land and having a great plan and having a brother named Stan and <laughs> <laughs> loving the dessert flan of the land.
1: I don't understand. This is a great scene for Ducat because he is uniquely able to. Bullshit his way through a moment like this, like he's so practiced at being a fraud that yeah. Kai win really doesn't stand a chance like Kai win's a fraud in her own right but but in a in a fraud versus fraud situation I don't know <laughs> oh yeah I don't I know love that, that anyone old can...
0: comic strip from Mad magazine
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know that anyone can beat Ducat at this game
0: yeah well and he has the the benefit of having like a plan put in place that he is participating in, like the the yeah. pot wraiths are fully helping him.
1: They set her up to be yeah. knocked down in this way. She is
0: so excited to get knocked down. She is so excited to have a real job from what she thinks are the are the profits. That uh, she she basically just brings Ducat into her orbit, like even closer than Solbor. Immediately, yeah, they're they're having tea. They're talking over restoring the soil and she's like restoration that's great i was just thinking about that stuff
1: we get an angle of goldicott's face that is positively like the grinch smiles you know (laughs) like like a bigger (laughs) smile than you think mark alamo can (laughs) can possibly make it's it's awesome
0: is that just because he has to kind of hold off because it would mess up the loaf if he smiled that big most of the time
1: yeah, it's tough stuff.
0: You always hear about how long they spend in the makeup chair getting it on. I bet they spend a long time in the makeup chair getting it off, too.
1: And I bet it hurts. It, yeah. It's got to hurt in a way that application does not.
0: But it exfoliates beautifully. I mean, you can, like, we finally see Mark Alamo's skin, and he is just glowing.
1: I was just going to say, like, I wonder if it acts like those Biore nose strips where it's just yanking <laughs> the shit out of every pore as soon as you finish a shoot day. Yeah. That can't be bad. Beautiful. To be quite honest about it, in a, a pale. Mr. Bucket, I have to revert back to my
0: oh.
1: I don't use the bucket anymore. Kira and Cisco are going over some work stuff before uh, Cisco changes the subject to personal stuff. And this is a scene that made me think about how intentional a person can be when they're asking advice and they choose which person to ask advice from. Like, Cisco could ask for advice about his relationship from anyone, but when you ask Kira for advice about something related to the prophets, I think you can predict what kind of answer you're going to get. And naturally, Kira is pro-profits in this right. argument.
0: That sort of feels like the kind of call that Dan Savage gets from time to time of somebody calling in for permission to dump their significant other like right. they already know that they need to do it but they just kind of need to hear it from someone else
1: right that's why um, Kira in this scene is like if you can't be G with Cassidy <laughs> Yates then uh D T K Y A
0: I was worried that Sisko was going to break his little ships in this scene. No!
1: That one that he touches doesn't look like it's on the stand very firmly. No. I wonder how surprising that was for him during the take.
0: <laughs> this nebula is not as well mounted as one would hope.
1: Yeah. On the tick, Yoon is on the bridge when Change Leader arrives. Uh the ship is 36 hours away from a rendezvous point that we are unclear about at this moment right. and change leaders looking pretty flaky.
0: I think the flakiness of dress really goes a long way to sell how sick she looks.
1: Yeah, the dress flake is a is a great detail for sure. Good thing there's a lot of uh shower grab handles on the bridge of that tick, you know. Yeah. I don't <laughs> imagine the Gem Hadar using those. They were installed just for her. Yeah.
0: She's she got a sit-down
1: bathtub in her quarters, a bunch of grab handles on the <laughs> One bridge. of those toilet
0: seats that's got like yeah. a really thick padding.
1: Her comm system in her quarters has the big buttons. <laughs> She's got the whole thing going. <laughs>
0: She's wearing a, uh, a life alert around her neck. Yeah. Yeah. The the reveal that Change Leader is in play. Big reveal. We get to the Breen ship. Very suggestively, I felt. like Because... <laughs> No, not sexually suggestive, but just, like, the fact that there is, like, an opposing action between the direction that the tick is flying and the direction that the Breen ship is flying. I
1: feel like such a dumbass I didn't pick that up.
0: The show really implies that they're flying toward
1: each other. I never picked up on that. Yeah, it's fun. Just an idiot. You don't need to feel bad, Adam. You know it's what? Subtle. This is why this show has two
0: hosts. You might have been looking down, typing a note or something, a great little uh, bit about grab handles or something.
1: I looked in the uh, in the sand during the show, and I only saw your footprints there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's because you were like lying on the beach half a mile down with a pina colada in your hand, enjoying life, baby. Yeah, I'm,
1: yeah, I'm not going to walk with you. You're <laughs> off doing your own thing yeah you check out the tide
0: pools by yourself you dork
1: back in this breen cell uh it's Worf's turn to have the loud dreams uh turns out they're being interrogated with some clip show devices and i'm really glad that we aren't getting those scenes because that would have pushed out this 10 part conclusion into like what like a 30 part conclusion (laughs) (laughs) that recaps the entire show
0: yeah and like you get the sense that the Breen clip show devices aren't that good so it'd be just like really confusing clip shows that don't really make a lot of sense
1: yeah yeah. so they're taking turns on Esri and Worf here in a way that is uh, troubling to them both
0: yeah they're like "Uh, we kind of want to do this together
1: if you and I were prisoners wouldn't you prefer that we be tortured at the same time I kind of would you want to be on the same schedule as your bunkmate in prison I think
0: if you and I were tortured, I feel like you'd be down the hall in one room and I'd be down the hall in the other room and we would just be ratting each other out yeah. entirely. question. No we would question. turn on each other so fast in a torture situation.
1: I mean, I have a pretty high pain tolerance. It's the other stuff that I wouldn't want to deal with. like Yeah, yeah
0: like shitting yourself. and Yeah.
1: Can we please move this along? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's more just the uh, the taking of my time i think i would have the biggest problem with i have to start cooking dinner
0: (laughs) we eat at six this is taking forever
1: look if i don't get these things defrosted right now it's going to be a big problem (laughs) for me (laughs) the
0: complaints from my wife will be withering
1: much in the same way as you described our ships driving toward each other I really like that we cut to this moment of of torture to gold dukat's enjoyment of the wine like we're getting very different feelings as we cut back and forth it's extraordinary I've
0: never tasted anything like this Ducat and Wynne are living it up drinking that that fine Bajoran spring wine they're getting white wine drunk right they are they're getting white girl wasted and they're talking about like hey like I don't I don't mean to speak out of school here, but sometimes I wonder if that Cisco guy is really on the side of the Bajoran people. And Kai Winn, who is calling him Angel, uh, is saying like you you've been anointed by the prophets too, so you're you're on his level now. You can say whatever the fuck you want about that asshole.
1: Yeah, you're, you've ascended to the wine level of this <laughs> of this club. Good for you. You must speak your mind freely, Angel.
0: But it's pretty clear that they have a mutual hatred of Cisco. But they also have something else in common, which is this backstory that he tells her about how he barely survived the Cardassian occupation of Bajor. I survived the occupation
1: purely by chance.
0: And it was one of the like few times in Kai Wen's experience during the occupation where she did something that was resistance adjacent which was that she gave valuable jewels to Cardassian officers to do slightly nicer things to
1: (laughs) Bajorans. It's a good thing Kai Wynn developed a relationship with Gulbarachi. (laughs) (laughs) She
0: was not uh, pulling up in a Citroen outside of a Bajoran cafe and gunning down a bunch of uh, Cardassian officers. She was just paying them off.
1: (laughs) I love but, uh, this shit. The idea that both of them have this special knowledge that they can use against each other in a moment like this. Yeah. Like like Goldakai uses her knowledge as a way to confirm his undercoverness.
0: Yeah. In a really elegant way. Some of the best like con man Ducat stuff right alongside some of the best Craven Kaiwin stuff in this episode.
1: Yeah. How did you feel about Kai Wynn after this story, it actually bumped up her stock to me a little bit. Like, I didn't know she did resistant shit. Good for you, I mean, Kai Wynn. Yeah, it's like it's like
0: the kind of resistance shit where you're like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess technically that did help a tiny bit, but also Rich like,
1: person resistance is bullshit though.
0: Right, yeah. It's like, you didn't actually like make any sacrifices of your own.
1: Right. So,
0: I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'd rather she did than didn't. You know, I'd rather the rich give to charity than not.
1: True that. What are you doing? What are you doing So in Cisco's quarters, he's sleeping on the couch or trying to anyway, <laughs> like he's, he's punished himself. Cassidy doesn't live there anymore. He's still sleeping <laughs> on the couch out of some guilty <laughs> conscience feelings. I realized that the model that he's built for that Bajoran house has a grass roof.
0: Yeah, it, it really reminded me of the Jurassic Park command center playset that I had as a boy.
1: Jurassic Park electronic talking command compound figures and dinosaurs sold separately, batteries not included. Did that have a grass roof?
0: It did have a grass roof. I mean, like molded plastic, but made to look like grass. Wow. Kind of roof. That's fun. It was great. It could push a button and it would go, uh, 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 you didn't say the magic
1: word. Cisco is obviously down, but it takes a quark to take him out because uh, when quark enters with the wedding ring, that captain cisco ordered for cassidy yates it is like flipping over the couch that cisco on and then just stomping his heart after to diamonds aren't that easy to come by especially with this war on it's non-refundable
0: this is the counsel that he didn't seek like when he went to kira for advice on this situation right he specifically did not go to quark
1: yeah for who, good reason
0: for all of his failings is a hopeless romantic
1: Pretty ring, though, I thought. That is one of the sickest yeah. diamonds. Fully bedazzled right now. It's the sort of ring that I think you'd see on an older lady uh, well off, you know? Like mm-hmm. that, that kind of Beverly Hills giant ring situation.
0: It is a real housewife of X-City got engaged scale of rock in this ring.
1: <laughs> it's the sort of ring that you don't see being worn by someone uh, living in a grass hut on Bajor. <laughs> yeah, that hand's not going to be doing dishes or farm work.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Californicators move here to make their little rural existence, and look how fucking fancy they are. There goes the neighborhood.
1: Those hands aren't going to be doing manual labor on Bejor, that's for sure.
0: No. Cut no. back to the prison ship. Now Ezri is having really vocal nightmares that i mean like the the stuff she's saying is like specifically very incoherent but a couple of times she mentions julian again and this disgusts worf
1: it is not fair to be judged over what you're saying over anesthesia or or after torture or whatever not fair at all
0: I couldn't believe, I mean, like I could believe it because it's Worf, but I couldn't yeah. believe what a jerk he was being.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you'd forgotten just how big of a jerk Worf can be, he's here to remind you in this and every Worf-centric episode up to now. <laughs> <laughs> I read that uh, that they're considering bringing Worf in for uh, the next season of Picard, just to like shit all over everyone and <laughs> and be a jerk. Yeah. That's what we need. If you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand.
0: Kaiwin gets woken up on the late night. Solbor has let Angel in. He's got great news. The The plants that he planted on his farm that he's trying to restore in Reliceth are, are growing way earlier than they're supposed to
1: I planted radishes in the special dirt and they came up all weird
0: they usually take weeks to sprout but
1: and that's not the only thing possibly coming sooner than expected
0: (laughs) yeah not the only thing poking above the surface uh, because uh, she agrees with him this is a sign and uh, they get down baby
1: the prophets brought us together It feels like there was an entire decade where the only kind of movie in the theater was aging Alec Baldwin or Jack Nicholson falling in love in old age with like Helen Hunt or uh, (laughs) God, I don't even know. But but it feels like that was the movie that that everyone went that all of our parents went to see for a number of summers in a row, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of
0: like the reaction to the erotic thriller of five years before that.
1: Yeah. Like and and invariably if you were to go to one of these movies in the theater with your parents, like, you'd see more of Meryl Streep than you you had bargained for. Right. <laughs> you'd
0: be sitting in between your mom and dad wondering what yeah. possessed you to agree to go out to the movies with them.
1: Like, I really admire Anthony Hopkins showing full butt. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of
0: older men, Adam, Solbore really seems like he is suffering under this arrangement at this point. I feel like like the
1: actor who plays Solbor is doing a lot to make himself noticeable in a very fun way.
0: Yeah, because like, I feel like he may be the same guy that they've had running around with Kai Wen several episodes. But like in this late night scene when he comes in and he doesn't have the hood over his head, you can see that he just looks like a senator from Nebraska or something.
1: Right. (laughs) This episode, he seems to be making choices.
0: Yeah. It it feels uh it feels very funny to see him play up how undignified he thinks this all has been
1: It's a living.
0: The whole Sam and Diane dynamic between Ducat and Wynne is out the window. They're an I It's
1: kind of a Salmon the Damned situation. <laughs> Whoa <laughs> <laughs> Cassidy is uh packing up her shit ahead of her next gig. She's in the cargo bay, you know, doing doing freighter captain stuff, clearly on the clock. And I think this mm-hmm. detail is important because when Ben Sisko enters the scene, uh, he's psyched. Because guess what, Cassidy? I've changed my mind, which means you don't have to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you can live off my fat emissary of the profits salary. Stacked on top of my fat Starfleet salary.
1: You can't help but notice when Cassidy just walks out of the cargo bay with him, not saying a word to anyone that she works with.
0: Yeah, they're like, so (laughs) are we supposed to
1: take the shipment without you or? It's got to be so crazy making. Like the effect of Cisco's equivocations are... Seen mainly on Cassidy in her life but there's that ripple effect that that goes far wider to so many more people
0: totally I was kind of amazed that it was as easy for him to win her back as he does because he's like hey I really blew it in that previous scene when I expressed misgivings about getting married to you and she's like well like as long as you promise not to go back on this I will marry you (laughs)
1: I gotta level with you, Ben. I didn't want this. I didn't want this to happen that fast. I don't think Captain Cisco deserved the comeback so soon.
0: Yeah, I think that some uh, some rebuilding, some restoration, to put it in Ducat terms, would have been good. But yeah, they. I mean, it happens really fast. They they make it belt buckle efficient in like the next scene.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a phaser rifle wedding <laughs> because they, they've pivoted away from Bajoran style wedding and into a Starfleet wedding and this really put Admiral Beltbuckle into a stressful situation because he had to get one of those, uh, those subspace ordained minister forms <laughs> filled out which, which is sweet when you want someone you know to officiate a wedding but I think everyone can kind of agree is not the real yeah. thing
0: kind of a weird mood in this in this wedding too right like when when they come in everybody's kind of like sitting around almost like it's they're waiting for a funeral to start yeah is that because kira is pissed that cisco is not taking her advice
1: i think everyone's mood is a little dour because they haven't moved the death wall out of the wardroom ahead of the wedding ceremony well
0: Meltbuckle is doing the speechifying of any wedding officiant, and he says, uh, Now, uh, does anyone here see any reason these two should not get married? Speak now or forever hold your peace. And Cisco flashes into a profit experience where his mom makes one last pitch, and he says, No, Mom, I'm my own man. I'm going to marry Cassidy whether you like it or not.
1: Do you get the sense that profit experiences happen in real time? Because it's unclear to me whether or not Ben Cisco puts the ring on Cassidy's finger and pauses halfway through for the amount of time that we get the profit experience. Like, I, if, I wanted to cut back time, into the room.
0: Devastating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted to cut back <laughs> into the room so bad as everyone's looking at Ben Cisco, like he he's not finished putting the ring on. What is he doing? What's taking so long? Is he hesitating,
0: or is he having like a grand mal seizure, or what?
1: <laughs> yeah, but with a flair for the dramatic, Cisco snaps back to, and uh, and finishes the ring making, and uh, everyone's happy. Mazel tov! And they, yeah, he plants one on her. It's
0: official. Cisco is a married man.
1: Do you kind of wish this episode was called "Until Death Separates You"? i
0: did think that was a strange turn of phrase as was
1: the vow uh as as put to us by admiral beltbuckle
0: yeah why did they not have that as the title if if the title is till death do us part why is that not the line or if the line is till death separates you
1: why is that not the title gotta say i like until death separates you until death causes you to move into the other bedroom down the hall until death makes you sleep on the couch
0: (laughs) <laughs> next to your model house so on the brain ship Worf is ultra pissed off at Ezri that her delusional ramblings included the name of a man he feels threatened by I should not have trusted you with my heart and uh they don't really resolve this do they no like there's a, an admission like Worf wants her to admit that she has feelings for Bashir and she's like I mean like like Judzia did, and I do too. Like he has a friend. It's not like there's nothing official about it in either case.
1: It's more of a question of volume, Worf, because <laughs> uh, because you see, Doctor Bashir was a person on Deep Space Nine, and that immediately qualifies them as potential love interest for Dax. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think you should take this too personally.
0: Yeah. But the Breen barge in, and they all beam over to the Tick, they're there with Wayun and Damar and the Breen, and it is announced to them here that uh, the Breen will be joining the war on Team Dominion.
1: Turns out, Ben, that there are two marriages this episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it is a big, shit-eating Wayun Grin to theme. Yeah. Did you like the episode? You really want to do this? Here, now,
1: okay, okay, let's do it, do it! I really did. I think this is one of my favorites in a while. Solid episode. Yeah. This is not to say that I have disliked this season of Deep Space Nine or the series of Deep Space Nine itself in saying something like this, but whatever it is about these last, this last series of episodes... I really can't wait to watch the next in a specific way, in a unique mm-hmm. way. And it's, yeah, like I immediately want to watch the next episode because of it. And I think that's the, the sign of a, of a good one. I'm hooked. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel much the same
0: way. Um, I, and I feel like the Kai Wynn stuff and the Ducat stuff is just so juicy. It's so, they're like so well-written to be hateable mm-hmm. that um, watching them scheme and connive and then start boning was just amazing. Like I I, I was really worried about the Clark Kent issue with Ducat when he first uh-huh. showed up on the station, and I like completely forgot about it once he started interacting with Kai Wynn because it was just like, I don't care, it's too fun.
1: I think I want to say also that, I mean, and because I just can't, be one hundred percent positive about anything anymore <laughs> in my life. The one, the one thing that cuts against the episode is clearly the elevation of guest stars above the main cast characters uh, in this episode, and and maybe the last couple episodes too. Like, mm-hmm, aside mm-hmm. from Captain Cisco, uh, it's really the guest star show at this yeah. point, and that isn't to say that the guest stars aren't doing great work because they are but it's just to the exclusion of some characters and some actors that we really like it's like you asked for crunch berries and you got oops all villains it is exactly like that Ben. (laughs) but for right now uh what i'm asking for is uh all p1s Hmm. you think that's a taste that satisfies i think that's part of this balanced breakfast Priority one message from Starfleet, coming in on secured channel.
0: Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. By the interest alone, could be enough to buy this ship. We actually do have some P1s here, Adam, and the first one is of a promotional nature. Goes like this. Attention, all FODs in the greater Seattle-Tacoma area. If you're looking for someone to tackle the dirty and dangerous task of window washing and roof and gutter cleaning, give Northern Services a call. We are one of Seattle's best exterior cleaning services and the only one dumb enough to invest in this podcast. Wow. Our our body of work includes moss removal on Ferenginar, window cleaning on the promenade, and pressure washing Rikers Quarters. Don't go up the long ladder yourself. And uh, the call to action is visit northernserviceswa.com
1: to schedule your appointment. I love this. I love love this (laughs) promotional message. I love a very specific promotional message for for one. But, But also, having lived in Seattle for many years and being a homeowner there, you find yourself uh, an outfit that will do your roof and your gutter and your windows that you can trust that does a good job. And that is a relationship that you make for life. Yeah. Like, those are really, those are difference makers when you live in Seattle where, uh, where 90% of home ownership is, is water remediation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When we got our house, I, I put a ladder along the side of the house and went up to look in my gutters, and I just laughed at myself for even checking them because there's just nothing in them. <laughs>
1: there was just another sun inside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, L.A. does not have that problem, but yeah. like I mean, you hear all the time about how like dads falling off ladders because they were cleaning out their gutters or something is like a huge cause of injury and death among homeowners. It's
1: statistically terrifying that it's so common. I think about it every time I get on a ladder.
0: So farming this out to a professional who like knows how to do it in a safe way and can do Star Trek bits with you in between yeah. doing the work? Come on! Northwest yeah.
1: Services That's who I'd be calling if I still lived in Seattle. Well, Ben, our second priority one message is of a personal nature this time. It is from QAnon, son of Nun. <laughs> oh no. It is to the Star Trek CCG Continuing Committee And the message goes like this See you in court, motherfuckers (laughs) P.S. Neil is a patak P.P.S. Hail Hydra P.P.S. Trust the process Oh no (laughs) Uh, They uh I've got to, I've got to express some gratitude for the uh, pronunciation key here, uh, advising me that the pronunciation of QAnon is in fact QAnon.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, well, some uh, some terrifying internet cultists apparently listen to us, I guess, and uh, have some kind of axe to grind with the Star
1: Trek. I think. We- I think committing. these people are innocent. I think QAnon stole the name from this QAnon, and it's an oh, unfortunate situation. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's... I mean, that's certainly possible, because they spell it a little bit differently. I see here there's a uppercase Q, and then there's a dash, and then lowercase anon. Right. So... Wow. Well... Uh, <laughs> I hope that's the case, Adam. Uh, if you'd like to get a priority one message, that, that's on... me
1: making excuses for QAnon. <laughs> uh,
0: if you'd like to get a promotional message or a personal message on the show, you can do it. All you got to do is go to maximumfun.org/slash Jumbotron. It's a hundred bucks for the former and two hundred for the latter. And uh, don't get injured on a ladder. Gotta get that
1: a good time so often has a downside doesn't it especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie we've all been hungover before i mean many of us have i guess or we've had too much jazz in our gummy and that sucks right because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time That's why I like Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great, because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES. To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace. Back
0: for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: (laughs) Hard to believe. topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast secretly incredibly fascinating
1: find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app
0: and at maximumfun.org hey adam what's in. ben did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda?
1: Incredible.
0: Drunk, drunk Shimoda.
1: Shimoda! Yeah, we talked about him earlier. I'm gonna give it to the actor instead of the character though. James Otis is the guy who plays Sobor and whatever got into him on his shoot days was working. Yeah, totally he walks right up to playing big and then takes a step back from big into just really interesting. And that is just exactly the spot that an actor on the periphery of a scene needs to occupy, I think.
0: Yeah, he is for sure my drunk Shimoda as well. Like for the same reason. I mean, I asked myself who is having the most fun in this episode and it is that guy.
1: Yeah, high marks for James Otis, uh, a guy I hope... Goes on a nice long run here. As long as Kai wins, on the show, I gotta believe there's gonna be a soul bore.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have many lines, but uh but everything he does, he does well. He doesn't need a lot of lines
1: with that face.
0: <laughs> That's true. Well, Adam, do you want to see what we got next in store for us on this here program?
1: We can't stop now, Ben. Uh, you're All gonna right. tell us what episode is next, and then uh, I'm gonna go over to the game of buttholes. World Prophets to see how we're going to be talking about it.
0: Yeah, so the next episode is season seven, episode 19 Strange Bedfellows. While Worf and Esri face execution, an alliance between enemies threatens to turn the tide of the war against the Federation.
1: Hmm. Hey, who's got the role here? I believe it is my role today. All right. I wasn't, I mean, I realized that I just snatched the die out of your hand, but it's not intentional. Hey,
0: don't sweat it, buddy. We are on square 58 presently, which uh, puts us in range of a space butthole that could take us down to a Quark's bar and also a Starship Mine episode. I don't believe we've ever hit that Starship Mine.
1: Yeah, that being the square where you and I build a spaceship model while recording the show. Yeah, it's like
0: the the distracted episode, I believe, is what that is intended to be.
1: So in other words, uh, it'll sound like every other show we've ever put out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and roll this bone. You're
1: required to learn as you play.
0: Roll. Keep your fingers crossed.
1: Chula! Did I win?
0: Hardly. Oh boy. I uh rolled a five, which puts us right in between that space butthole and the starship mine. It's All a right. regular episode. And we've we've uh jumped past one of the biggest hazards on the board, that, Good. that space butthole that can really tank our chances of getting to O'Marin hammered.
1: It's not let it hurt us, Ben.
0: Yeah. All right, Adam. Well, that was the episode. We've got a few thank yous to give out. Of course, uh, we should thank Bill Tilly, who runs our social media accounts and uh, deals with the radioactive material that is the (laughs)
1: comments. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Bill's wearing the of gloves as he checks the DMs but if you'd like to send something in for a future mailbag,
0: Marin, uh, we we love receiving stuff. It's yeah. Uh, it's totally appreciated, and Bill will get you set up with the address to send it to. We really appreciate everything he does. The at Greatest Trek accounts on Instagram and Twitter are super fun things to follow. Highly encouraged.
1: We're able to do fun things like that and uh, and pay people for the work they do. Thanks. In large part to the support we get at maximumfund.org/join. Thanks to everyone who has considered us a small business and has become a member during the month of December. I know we really yeah. appreciate it.
0: If uh, if you're thinking about gift ideas for friends of Desoto in your life, a you can now gift a membership uh, at slash join and that's a great way to. Give them access to all of the fun stuff on the bonus feed and also help support our show. It's
1: a gift that keeps on giving. It's not just how great your voice and my voice sounds on the show. There's another element <laughs> to the program that uh, makes it sound so good, Ben. Of course, I'm talking about the music uh, created by Adam Ragusea, uh, with yeah. a little bit of an alley-oop from the great Dark Materia. Uh, they... Have combined to create the theme and interstitial music for *The Greatest Generation* for years and years, and years ahead.
0: It's awesome work that they do. We uh, we really love all the music that Adam Ragusa has made for us. We're excited to hear the new stuff he's, I'm sure, working on at this very minute. Hmm. Uh, but if you can, if you'd like to see other stuff that he works on, he's got a great YouTube cooking channel, far more famous and popular than this show at this point. Uh, yeah. and, and well and, and well deservedly
1: i'm way behind on on my on my Ragusia cooking videos i gotta luxuriate in an afternoon watching a yeah. bunch of those they're great that's a fun like saturday morning watch
0: just like get yeah. a little playlist of goose vids
1: and with that we'll be back at you next time with another great episode of star trek deep space nine and an episode of the greatest generation deep space nine that crawls right into bed between Goldcat and KaiWin <laughs>